0: Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. We hear this in our first reading in the book of Leviticus. And the ancients rightly fixed their gaze on the holiness of God. They were careful not to violate the mandates that pertain to respecting the holiness of God. Recall that when Moses approaches the burning bush, God speaks out and tells Moses not to approach any further, to remove his sandals, For the ground he is now standing is holy. Within Solomon's temple, there was the Holy of Holies, the most inner sanctuary of the temple where the presence of God resided in the Ark of the Covenant. Only the high priest could lawfully enter the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement, that is, Yom Kippur, to offer blood sacrifice and incense. What do we mean when we say God is holy? It certainly goes beyond the quality of goodness, which we know God is all good. It goes beyond the quality of justice, which we know God is always just. And it certainly goes beyond the quality of mercy, which we know God is mercy itself. For any of us to properly understand what it means for God to be holy is truly a mystery. Yet you and I are called to imitate God's holiness. How do you and I do that? One thing we can know for certain is that God's holiness is not a passive state of being. It's an active way of living and loving. And in all our readings, we are given clear examples on what that looks like. In Leviticus, we are told, you shall not hate any of your relatives in your heart. This is a challenge for any of us even to this day. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge. We sometimes find ourselves holding on to grudges even though we know it's the person who holds the grudge that is held captive. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This one is often overlooked and not in the way that many of us might expect. God says to love others as yourself. The loving of oneself is what is often overlooked. God commands each of us to love ourselves. Some may ask, who doesn't love themselves? There are those who truly believe that they are undeserving of God's love, unworthy of the love of others, and not worthy of self-love. They think because of this fault or that failing, past or present, they are undeserving of being loved. They believe that they are irredeemable in the eyes of God and in everyone else's eyes as well. Not true. The psalmist reminds us, I will give thanks to you, Lord, because I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. You and I are called to love the works of God's hands. That means we are to not only love others, but we are to love ourselves. We are to treat ourselves with the dignity and respect in which God created us. When we respect and love ourselves, we are imitating God in holiness. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he says, Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? for the temple of God, which you are, is holy. By virtue of our baptism, we are made a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are made holy because God is holy. When I look at you, I shouldn't see just Sally, Joe, or Margaret. I should see a sacred temple in which the dwelling of God resides. Do we look at each other in this way? Do we see the sacredness and holiness of each other, not only a spiritual sacredness, but sacredness in body? Do we see the sacredness and holiness of our own bodies? You and I are called to properly take care of our bodies, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. When we do, we are imitating God in holiness. And in today's gospel, I think Jesus gives us one of the best examples of what it means to be holy when he says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Where did the Jews hear that said? The Torah, the law. Jesus says with all authority, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your heavenly father. You and I are called to holiness not only by loving those who love us, even non-believers can reach that bar, but we are to love those who think ill of us, those who smile to our faces and then insult us behind our backs. We are to pray for those who hurt us, not only those who hurt us in some small way, an unkind word or some lack of consideration, but those offenses which hurt us in unimaginable ways. Praying for and loving our enemies doesn't mean we have to go on vacations together, but it does mean that we want God's blessings to come down upon them because they too are beloved children of God. They too are awesomely and wonderfully made. They too are made holy even if they act and live in ways that appear less than holy even if they live lives that are less than perfect. Jesus calls each of us to live a life of holiness that imitates the holiness of God. Jesus calls you and me to be perfect, just as our Heavenly Father is perfect. How is the Heavenly Father perfect? Even when all of us were dead in our sins, when we're all still enemies of the one true God, He sent his only begotten son to suffer and die for your salvation and for mine. From the cross, Jesus pours out his love for you and for me. From the very depth of his being, what are you and I willing to pour out for one another from the very heart of our being? Will it be the fullness of our life and love or will it be something much less, something less holy?